0: All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week. Uh, And I know I say that about every guest, but this guest actually is a rock star because she's got the statistics to prove it. I'm sure she's going to dive into it, but To my understanding, she's had a 34K launch and she generates over about $100,000 a year in revenue just from her online courses. So she's pretty successful at that side of things. On top of that, she's known as the expert ghostwriter. And what she does is she helps entrepreneurs write books that make money and make an impact. And she's the creator of the very successful course, Crank Out Your Book in Eight Weeks. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Miss Cindy Childress. Cindy, how are you?
1: I'm so good. Thank you for inviting me here.
0: No, thank you for for being a guest. Let's dive into it, Cindy. I know I gave you a little bit of an an intro there, but let us know in a bit more detail. What is it you actually do and how did you get into it?
1: Yes, I'm a ghostwriter, and so occasionally when I say this, people ask me, Do I write scary stories? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I can see why people might think that it's actually not what it is. What happens is I write a book for someone else. I take their intellectual property, their stories, and ideas, and information, and I write it in their book that they publish under their own name. So. It's a really exciting field that I got into because although I do have a PhD in English and otherwise you would find me as a professor on a campus, not a fabulous place to be these days um, with uh, all the COVID restrictions and you know those things going on. But instead, um, I'm an entrepreneur. And with this business, I get to do things like teach my course, crank out your book in eight weeks where I have one cohort at a time of 12 students instead of teaching, you know, three or four classes of 30 to 40 students. So mm-hmm. um, it's really amazing. And I specialize in the story driven self-help book. And when you think about it, a lot of the books you read, even books that are you know, purport themselves to be business books. They've got a lot of stories and examples in there. So that's the kind of thing that gets me really excited because I know um, as a writing expert that when you're out really engaging stories with, um, so that the reader can, will have, will think, wow, I've done that too, I've felt that way too. You, you know, your brain, the brain lights up there with those memories. And in this way you are connecting with the reader in a really powerful way. So they're more likely to remember what you've written and retain it and also put it into practice, which makes me really excited. I like to write books that make people do something. And um, so I do that in two ways, as you said originally with the the course and the one-to-one ghostwriting services.
0: Awesome. All right. And let's let's dive into that course, Cindy. So tell us a little bit about that course. I'm super curious on the, um, on the launch side of things. I think that's amazing. I think that's the record. Out of everyone that I've interviewed on here, I don't think anyone's done 34K in one launch. So tell us a little bit about that. How did it come about? Uh, let's start there. How did the course side of it come about? How did you go from right now I'm a ghostwriter and now I want to put together this course? And let us know like, what the first variation of that course was. Was it a purely done for you? Was it a group coaching? Tell us that story a little bit.
1: Yeah, so one thing that happened is I was inspired by my mentor, Laura Belgray, to start an email list. I did that in um, 2019, I started it. And um, once I had an email list going, um, I started itching to have something to sell. I didn't have anything to sell. And another thing was, you know, at that time my business was only done-for-you services and I'd had an agency model. So at one time I had four other junior ghostwriters working under me and I would, you know, check their work and then send it to the clients and As they found other opportunities, I didn't fill those spots because I realized I could actually make more money if I had less clients, but did it all myself um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to having to meet all that payroll. Another thing that happened is I got to be more choosy about the people I worked with because I wasn't just trying to keep my team busy. And I could really say, you know, I feel like this may not be the best fit there, you know, because when I had four people, it's going to be a fit for somebody on the team, even if it's not with me personally. So However, when I went to being a solopreneur, I also felt like I wasn't doing enough with the talents and skills that I have, and I felt like I could do more. And another thing that was happening is I would get on 15-minute calls with people who would ask me to help them write their book. I would explain my ghostwriting services, and they would say, oh, well, I don't have $30,000. And then there would be an awkward silence because the only thing I had to help people was, you know, the fully done for you services, which it takes about 240 hours to write a book. So it's just not going to be, you know, for everybody to pay for that. Um, And so I thought... I should have a course, I should teach people what I do. And I'd heard some influencers talking about your intellectual property and I thought, well, why don't I have any intellectual property? Well, you document your processes. So I started documenting my ghostwriting processes in part just to write a better sales page for describing my services. But um, I also started doing some live workshops. So in Houston, I did a live one day, Workshop when I taught people to write their own table of contents and I did everything that I was doing with my clients and their intake for the first step of the ghostwriting process and that was really the first
0: was that a free workshop or a paid workshop or
1: it, it was paid, so I charged $75 for that, and I got eight people signed up, which at that time was a really awesome one day's work. Yeah. And um, Yeah, so that gave me the confidence that I did have something um, that people would respond to. And I'll also add that over the years, I've been teaching classes at WriteSpace Houston, which is a nonprofit um, writing education center here. And there, I'd been developing curricula a little bit at a time, teaching single things. Like I did a book editing. It was a six-week workshop with students. And so I'd been building all these little different processes and systems and individual classes um, that I then looked at, you know, how could I take somebody from the beginning with what I did in the live workshop and then take them all the way through to get a draft written and that ended up being the first version of the course and i'll continue a little bit because you asked me how it started so it was when i started i taught it live so this was the spring of 2020 which was a bad time to start something new but i announced to my email list that i was gonna have a course ready um the next month and so even though all the lockdowns and everything happened because I promised my email list this was coming. I decided to offer it and just see what happened. Um, and uh,
0: live. Sorry, was it Cindy or was this now the done for you? Oh, sorry, was it was it on demand?
1: So this was the crank out your book in eight weeks. And the first time I ran the course, three people signed up. Um, but you know, Laura told me if at least one after the first person bought, she was like because one person did more will. So just keep talking right. about it. Um, so I got the three people in and that time I ran the entire course live. So right. that means um, each week we met for two hours and I would prepare the PowerPoint slides I was teaching for each week as the week happened. So it was, um, you know, I had an outline before, which was necessary to even sell the course and yeah. tell people what they were going to learn. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was building it as it happened, which is very crazy. <laughs> but, it, you know, you'll hear <laughs> people like Amy Porterfield talk about doing it, and it yeah. actually did work. And the beauty was I got live feedback from those students because they weren't pre recorded. Yeah. If somebody had a question, especially with only three students, they could just raise their hand and say, Can you go over that again? Or, You know, I need a little more help, or how would this work for my book? And so that was the first round. And then the second time that I did crank out your book again, it was also live teaching. But I did a challenge, a free challenge, um, before I launched. And so this time I had, from my email list, I had had a a segment of a hundred people who had identified themselves as interested in the challenge. So what happened there is, of my whole list, I had a, another list of a hundred people who were interested now about writing their book now. And I ran the challenge live, and then I did a, a series of three master classes: um, how to write a book people actually want to read, three secrets from bestselling authors, and a Q&A session. And from that launch, that was the first launch when I hit around $30,000. So I um, have two offers, a standard offer and a VIP offer. So there was a mix of students. The VIP offer gets you access to the course and your weekly hot seats, as well as um, five one-on-one sessions with me when you can send me up to 15 double-spaced pieces of writing you've been working on. I provide editing feedback. We meet together and go over it. And what happens by the end of the course is you've got a lot written, you're also a better writer and you're more confident of your writing because you know what works and you know how to find your most common mistakes and you're ready to rock and roll. So that is um, 7497.
0: I'll put the links down in the show notes
1: and then the standard level of the course is 1997 which gets you access to the hot seats and the trainings um but not the one-on-one work together so i ran the course that way and pretty much then um in 2021 i continued with the challenge format the master classes and then um filling the course the way i get more new people every time I run the challenge is I send one email to my entire list which is now um, right about 4,000 which feels small to me but I'll tell you the first time I launched it was like 480 people mm-hmm. and you know so you just have to keep doing it and then I have a Facebook ad that runs continually for my um, Discover Your Number One Best Selling Author personality um, which Continues to fill my funnel. So then when I would do the next challenge launch I would have new people who'd never done it before and I'd also have people returning to the challenge that maybe didn't Purchase last time, but now they're even more ready And I've had a lot of people who are repeat challenge participants that do finally come in
0: Mm. and
1: become some of the best students
0: That's awesome. That's such a good story Let's break this down a little bit here because I think it's some really cool things So it sounds like, so the first time you launched it with the three sales, was that with the 480 person list? Yes. Gotcha. And it sounds like, and actually question there, what was the difference? So I know the difference in like the sales and the marketing strategy, but just in terms of time between when you did that first one and you made three sales and then you did the $30,000 one, how far apart was that time wise? How many months apart? Oh, so yeah.
1: I launched, sure, yeah, in twenty, in I think the first week of the class was the beginning of March of 2020. Oh. I'm sorry, May, excuse me. So, because the cart was open in April, so I taught the course in May to June, and then I ran my launch in August. And I know we're going to talk about mentors in a second, but um, I did Ron Reich's um, uh, what does he call it? A player accelerator. And that's where he was teaching this, the live um, challenge launch formula.
0: Gotcha. Because it sounds like there were kind of two really big, oh, no, probably,
1: yeah, well, it sounds like actually the biggest
0: difference between that, between the, the three people, and I'm guessing in that $30,000 launch, you must have got 10, 15 kind of people, depending on the, the package they purchased.
1: Yeah, it was seven people, but because of um, I sold more VIP packages, um, gotcha. I still got the sales up. And another tidbit your listeners will probably find interesting, the next time I launched it, again, it was about $30,000 when I launched it again in January. But I had a different mix because I had only two VIPs, but then I had a lot more um, students who decided to sign up for the standard offer, which was... You know just what you know that was the mood
0: okay makes sense and i'm guessing that it sounds like the biggest difference between those two was the fact that when you did it the second time you did the challenge and you also did those three uh um, master classes as well and that yep. was the biggest difference between you know a, a handful of sales and, and thirty thousand dollars right
1: Really huge and I can't say how valuable it is to have that hot list and another thing I did the last time I ran my challenge which really made the sales even easier. So the last few times I've done it I do kind of a gamification where with each piece of the challenge for each day i have a google tracker spreadsheet where you can put your name and put your homework in as it were so the benefit to you to doing that is i record feedback for everybody that's filling it out and then send that out that's another reason for me to send emails that don't feel salesy because i'm just delivering value to the most um, engaged students and encourage other people to want to do that And then when you complete the entire challenge tracker um, by the Friday of that week, then you get a 30 minute call with me for free, which would normally cost two hundred and fifty dollars, but it's not even available for sale. So this is the Mm -hmm. only way to get that. Um, And uh, so what happens there is of that hundred or hundred and fifty people I'm still not getting a massive amount of people into my challenges by the way but even with this very small highly engaged sector then I've also got my spreadsheet of maybe 17 people 12 people that are actually filling it out those are my hottest leads those are people that when I open the cart if they're not signing up I reach out personally with a bomb bomb video and I'm like hey Jonah I'm so excited about your book Um. I noticed that you uh, hadn't uh, signed up for the master class series wanted to make sure you know that is also available to you and crank out your book in eight weeks is open for enrollment and just so you know I do think you might be a great fit if you're ready to write your book now so I'd love to hear from you and know what your next steps are for your book and you know kind of leave it there and then I'll have the link to the 15-minute calls in that email in case they want to chat with me and just, you know, anything I can to get them on a conversation to, um, you know, see if it's a fit. And I have a very high rate of success with that really high-touch engagement.
0: That's awesome. Now, question with that. You make it sound easy, Cindy, but I've done a bit of this before, and I'm like, there's a bit going on there. Cindy knows how to run a challenge. Cindy knows how to run a masterclass, what to say in the masterclass, the tech, how, do people, how to get people registered, how to gamify it. Did you learn all that by yourself? Was it via the Ron Rakes program? Was it multiple programs? Was it trial and error?
1: How did you learn that? Yeah, it's a lot of different things. Um, you know, Ron is where I learned the launch itself. Um a lot of, you know, I use Zoom in my own business as a ghostwriter, you know, interviewing my clients. So then I just went into the tutorials in Zoom to figure out how to run a webinar and what's different there from a regular Zoom um, like we're on right now. So, you know, someone was just doing it myself. Um, MailChimp, you know, because I'd started my own email list when I graduated to the amount of emails that I had to send here. And. Um, I already knew how to use all the features there, Mm -hmm. Um, and how to do my course. Well, I had the education um, of, you know, being trained to be a professor. So as far as teaching writing, I'd written syllabuses the whole or syllabi the whole seven years that I was a teaching assistant while I was in graduate school. So, you know, I had that to draw on, and then I did take Amy Porterfield's um, DCA, course and a lot of well i've done all of laura belgray's copywriting courses um i've been a member of kevin rogers copy chief so i dove in really deeply into you know conversion copywriting and how to do that for myself and also worked with several copywriters and um a va who would do you know targeted projects like setting up my sales page for me in Kajabi. That was a huge um lift. And I learned Kajabi myself. I mean and a lot of it was just on a Saturday sitting down to my computer and um, choosing an automation and that I was going to add and saying, okay, today's the day. Kajabi, I'm going to figure you out. And then, you know, just Let your users contact you when something's wrong, which happened the first time I launched when I wasn't teaching live. So in January of 2021, I moved to recording the whole course. Now that I'd done it twice teaching live, I had really solidified the material. And so then I had everything recorded. I have the handouts recorded. There were a few glitches that first time I launched that. But then afterward, you know, I don't have to touch it. It's fabulous. The students go through the material and each week on those two hour calls, I'm just giving hot seats. So I'm able to deliver a lot more, you know, high touch value there.
0: Love it. And there's a couple of things there. I think Cynthia's obviously a very smart, educated person. She's got a PhD. Uh, in saying that, she still has these mentors as well to help with these specific side of things, the Amy Porterfields, um, the Laura's, the, the Ron Rakes. And I'm guessing there's probably thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of dollars being spent there that Cindy's invested to, to learn a lot of this stuff. It just, seems like you're pretty good with the tech. You can pick up the tech pretty quick. But in terms of like, you know, the copy, the conversion, the launching, the challenges, Cindy's gone out and, and done a program in that. And then also implemented as well. I think that's a good point for the listeners. I'm just, I'm just a bit weary that a listener's like, oh, easy. I'm just going to do a webinar and do a challenge. you I'm going to have a thirty thousand uh, dollars launch. It's so a little bit, a little bit more, you know, behind that learning, which I think is important. Um, okay, so that's good. That gives me and the listeners a pretty good idea of your sales process there, Cindy. Another question I like to ask you. Answered it kind of earlier is like, then the marketing. It's like, all right, great. Someone's got a list, and, and they do a really good launch the first time. It's great, but then, you know, what are they going to do the next time? The next time sounds like you have gone down the Facebook ad pathway using a, a lead magnet. Now, couple, uh, do you know your stats with that? Do you know how much you're you're paying on the ad, the cost per lead, all that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's between two twelve and two thirty two a lead.
0: Two dollars thirty yes. two. So, okay, cool.
1: Yes. So you. Yeah. My ad spend is $500 a month, which from the experts I talk to is really the least they recommend Mm -hmm. that you spend where you can still, you know, have enough to see if it's working or not.
0: Yeah, gotcha. And you'll get so give or take about 200 leads a month. You'll put in 500 on the ads. You'll get about 200 on the month. Um, They're getting the lead magnet. They go on the email list. And then ideally, they go into your next challenge or launch kind of thing.
1: Yes, that's exactly it.
0: Awesome. And that ad, is that just running all the time, evergreen, same copy, same photo, don't need to turn it on change. It's just running nonstop.
1: Let's take a quick break.
0: iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below.
1: We did test two different photos and some different copy in the beginning, and then it was just wildly clear that one was way more successful than another. And so we just went all in there. And then another thing I do with ads when I'm running the challenge is I have my email list uploaded to in the Facebook ads manager and I can target ads for the challenge just to people that are on my list. So that's just, Mm -hmm. it makes them feel like I'm everywhere. I'm in their inbox every time they go to Facebook to scroll, there I am. So yeah.
0: That's a good idea. Awesome. And question there, how did you learn Facebook ads? Did you learn yourself, self-taught? Um, did, you, did you get a coach? Did someone do it for you the first time? How did you learn Facebook ads?
1: I'm really glad you asked me because it's really the same thing with how I figured out how to do webinars. Um I'm a big fan of getting paid to learn. Mm. And uh, what happened the first year of my business, I offered copywriting and content writing in addition to ghostwriting because you're throwing spaghetti at the wall when you're a new entrepreneur. And um, well, that gave me the opportunity to write an entire course for a business coach, which included her how to do a webinar module. Mm-hmm. And I wrote her. Facebook ads module, and all that was back in 2017, so at least the Facebook ads had changed a lot, but I still, I wasn't afraid to get in there and look at the tech because, you know, at least a few years ago, I'd been up on all of it, and it wasn't... Um, too scary another thing is I know in marketing you do have to spend money to see a return so I wasn't afraid you know I took a risk that was comfortable that's why I'm not doing five thousand a month in ads Mm -hmm. then I would really be sweating Uh (laughs) profusely right now but you know it's um it's a comfortable investment that that I know pays off Um, when you you know make your marketing smarter when you look at you know why do why are my leads four dollars yikes Um. And, you know, with that work, though, you can have a smart funnel.
0: Yeah, no, agree. And I think from from that side of things for the listeners, like the sales process is good, but there's got to be some marketing process to get people in there. Kind of got two options. You can pay with your money, as Cindy's doing, right? I want an extra 200 people in here. Great. Here's 500 bucks. There's extra 200 people in there. Um, Or the other option is you pay for your time. Well, you, you pay with your time, sorry, where it's like, all right, I don't want to invest 500, but I'm going to have to spend X amount of hours networking on LinkedIn or Facebook or having a podcast or YouTube or, or whatever it may be. So there's, you've got to spend one way or the other, right? Whether it's money or time. So um, now you've dropped a, a bit of the tech there, Cindy, from what I could pick up, you use that, you know, running through, what, what's your tech stack? Sure.
1: Yeah, so um, I have a Yeti microphone here attached to a lovely boom arm, and I have the Logitech Brio camera, which is brilliant. In fact, right now I'm not wearing any makeup except just a little bit of lipstick, but this Amazing camera does it all for me. Um I do have two ring lights, but I don't even need them on right now and I, I don't usually use them unless it's dark um outside. So, you know, it's pretty low tech, but I just I researched you know, I went on like PC um, world and anytime I'm going to do something new, I try to look for what's the best of this type mm-hmm. in its class. And then I actually used Amazon points because I have an Amazon business card. So my Yeti mic was completely paid for by a lot of coaching and education expenses that I was putting on that business Amazon card, which is exciting. Okay.
0: And then the actual course, what do you host your course on? That sort of thing? Yes.
1: Yeah, so my course is on Kajabi, and I still do my sales page and the landing pages for the challenges on lead pages, and Ooh. that integrates with MailChimp, which has all my emails going out, um, and then my website is on Squarespace.
0: Gotcha. Question with that, because I believe, with, I've, I don't use Kajabi myself, but I believe you can do sales pages and emails on Kajabi, any reason you've gone the external and not gone all, all with Kajabi?
1: Yeah, I actually tried that. I spent some money. I think I mentioned someone that built a sales page for me on there. And um, it's still very beta with um, the options for how you can customize how it looks. Okay. And with all the effort and I've had two different um, conversion um, designers to work with me on the lead pages sales pages so i know they're dialed in so tightly Mm
0: -hmm. and then when
1: i look at what's available on kajabi i just can't dial it in as tightly as i know it can be because i've done it on lead pages so i decided it's worth it to pay them to just keep it there and have it perfect but Mm -hmm. then deliver the course on kajabi which is what that's better suited for now for emails i've heard that kajabi doesn't have as many options um, as Mailchimp, and you know, I have email sequences that go out with my quiz in addition to several different um, Audiences that I have um, I mentioned quiz, you know, the challenge audience would be one special audience My students in crank out your book So I just thought I would keep everything organized the way I have it in Mailchimp the way I like it that I can use it and um, you know, I know I'm probably duplicating a little bit, but I also feel like I've I've got the best support in the best places where they're especially suited for that. And I think sometimes we make a mistake when we expect an all-in-one to be just as good as where there are these, you know, niches. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. No, good point. Um, All right. Let's get to the mentors. So you've dropped a couple already. Let's go with one on each category, Cindy. So if you could give us your best paid mentor, your best unpaid mentor, and the best book you've ever read, I'm guessing you read a few of them, uh, but in terms of like a course creator who want to be successful.
1: Well, my best paid mentor is definitely Laura Belgray. She is go. amazing. Um, her business is thetalkingshrimp.com if you want to go check that out. She partnered with Marie Forleo to create okay. the copy Cure um, copywriting um, um, course. And she really gave me, she didn't just teach me how to create an online business, but she also gave me the confidence to believe that I could. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things she likes to say is online business is the revenge of the nerds. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) When you look at the Seth Godin and the Brendan Burchards of the world, they are huge nerds, Mm -hmm. big geeks, and we love them like everybody. It's, you know, Amy Porterfield, um, and she's good friends with Laura and so she's someone who's really shown me that world and made me feel like I can take my space up in it and and then as far as an unpaid mentor I feel like it's fair to say Marcella Allison fits this bill. Um I am in her mentoress collective, which has a monthly membership, but you know, she I have this is not where, you know, you do the coaching investment that makes you break out into a sweat. This is, you know, um, but what she's done is as a mentor in that group, um, she's invited me to lead trainings and she was even my first ever affiliate partner. And so, in that way, I feel like she's a woman a little bit ahead of me who is just turning around and reaching her hand out to pull me up with her, um, which is really powerful. And then, a book, I would say Michael Port's Book Yourself Solid. Mm-hmm. Of all the business books that I've read a lot, especially my first year of business, that one. I mean, I looked to it for everything from your unique service proposition to, um, you know, blogging. I mean, he just has everything in there. It's, I think no matter where you are in your entrepreneurial journey, you can pick it up and see something you could be doing better or aren't doing and add it still.
0: Love that. I'm a fan of that book as well, but I haven't read it in a couple of years. So I'm not reading anything at the moment. So I might, might crack it open next week, I think um okay cool so that's given us a pretty good picture Cindy of like the business side of things I'm super curious and I'm sure our listeners are as well of your actual course there's probably going to be a heap of people listening to this that are like you know what I'd want to crank out a book in eight weeks so can you let us know a little bit now about your course like what's included in it why is it better or different than than the other options out there and if someone's interested what's the the next step they take
1: yes so With our eight modules, the goal of the course is that you get a down and dirty, messy first draft written. And the reason is I've talked to lots of people. I get on calls and they'll tell me they've they've got a little bit of their book written. And I'm like, fantastic, what's your word count? And they're like, one page. Hmm. (laughs) Or I have an outline, but I don't love it. And so this course starts there with the outline because I strongly believe if you don't have a plan, then it's no wonder that you're floundering for what do I say next. And then with that detailed outline where for each chapter you've got bullet points of what you're gonna cover, then I teach you in week two how to be your own ghostwriter. So what I do for those private ghostwriting clients is I write interview questions that follow The table of contents. Mm -hmm. So I show you several different models and styles of questions for different kinds of books and different kinds of information that you can copy and paste and customize for your own self questions. Then it's kind of scary not to even draft your book till week three but that's when you are totally ready to do it because then you are writing your first draft to answer those questions. Now a lot of those questions ultimately get repurposed as headings and subheadings in the actual book and they just give you a path to follow so you're never thinking what do i say next we'll just answer the next question and by the end I've had one student who wrote 104,000 words that's not common. Um most of my students hit somewhere between 25 to 35,000 words within the 8 weeks and there's a bonus week 9 which is your book editing plan when I teach you everything you would want to do next on your developmental and copy edit and the hope is after you've gone through all that information you're ready to hand your manuscript over to a book editor and then proceed with your publishing goals
0: love it and if someone's interested to interested where do they go is it is cart open now your lead magnet your website where do we go
1: yes we'll definitely come into my world and hang out with me on my newsletter so take my quiz discover your number one best-selling author personality you can do that at cindychildress.com backslash quiz and then i will be launching it again in the fall so stay tuned get ready to write your book with me in 2023 it's going to be an amazing ride
0: in the fall now i'm in australia i don't know what the word fall means we use autumn.
1: i'm so glad you brought that up and i should have thought of it myself so it's going to be in your spring it'll be october november
0: there we go awesome all right and if someone's listening to cindy they're not ready for that yet but they just think you're cool they want to follow you what's your best social linkedin instagram facebook where do we go
1: instagram.com backslash cindy childress phd i'm there every day
0: awesome all right well Cindy, that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover today. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to or anything you want to finish us off with?
1: Well, I would say for anybody out there who doesn't have a course yet and you're waiting for the right time or to have a big enough list, I want to give you encouragement that the first time I ran it, I had way less than a half. I didn't even have 500 people on my list and only three people took the course. You know, yet the next year um, with all my launches, I had over $100,000 in course sales. So the first time doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to have a first time so you get to a level of success.
0: Love that. Awesome. All right, Cindy, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Course Creator Community Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.